So this is Pathway, and you're getting a taste of that today, what God is doing in leadership and how he's moving among us. And during this series, we've been looking at what, is it, what does it mean to, to live on mission, to be living a life that is purpose-filled and in community together. As we do that, today is such an important day because we're looking at what does it mean to love 100? Can you say that with me? Love 100. Uh, if you're online, drop that in the comment and let our hosts know you're there. Love 100, as we look at this, is an initiative that, that as we root this in Scripture, will call all of us to look to Jesus for that purpose and for the direction he has for us to live, not just when we come to church, but how we go and be the church. Our mission, as we've been sharing over the last few weeks in this series, is really simple. It's loving God and loving all people in our pathway. Can you read that with me? Loving God and loving all people in our pathway. And through that, God is working in some pretty cool ways. And as you get to know me, you'll know that I love to celebrate God at work, that I just love to, to highlight the things he's doing among us because it gives us hope. It lets us know God is alive and he is active. And, and that's what I want to be a part of, amen? And so we receive this from one of our rooted group participants this week. Uh, this is so cool. Last week, we talked about what it means to serve and to really love our neighbors, to love all people in our pathway by serving and making a difference. And so Amanda Pennington, who also serves on our worship arts team as a host, sent this in. She said, last Sunday morning, we were preparing for service in the green room. Pastor Brian was telling us about his message on serving. And as he was sharing, I remembered what we had been working on in Rooted, and the timing was just so unreal. I mentioned to him that the current week in Rooted was also on serving and how the timing was. It was so amazing because none of us realized just how well God had orchestrated this moment in our church. Our God is orchestrating and ordering our steps in ways that honestly are making us look better than we really are. Like God is just that good. And as I pray us into the word today, I wanna encourage you that this word today, as we get into Matthew 25 together, uh, that's the only, we're gonna anchor ourselves in it I'm so excited because uh, maybe you have heard the term, some Bibles have the red letters. The red letters are Jesus's words and teaching. And this entire message today is based on Jesus's words and teaching. And it is so powerful in what it means for us to hear and to do and to live his word. My prayer is it moves from our head to our hearts, to our hands. And I hope that you sit back and go, wow, how did God know I needed that today? Because he's just that good. Amen? Jesus, we love you and praise you. We thank you that you are working in ways that are far greater and far beyond anything that anyone, any one of us could plan. That God, you are the God that, that can do far more exceedingly and abundantly beyond anything we can hope or imagine. And we give you all the glory. As we get into your word, I pray that your teaching, Jesus, your words would encourage us in our faith to know you, to follow you, to serve you, and to love 100. To love you 100%, to love those around us 100%. Father, hide me that you may be heard and may you get all the glory. In Jesus' name, everyone said, 
Amen. So in Matthew 25, Jesus begins teaching, and this is towards the end of his life, and as he's teaching the disciples, and and as it has something to say to us today, we're going to break this down, but move through quite a bit of text together of Scripture. And so I encourage you to follow along. We'll also have it on the screen for you. Uh, But we pick up with the first five verses in a parable that Jesus is using to teach. It says this, starting in verse 1, Then the kingdom of heaven will be like ten virgins who took their lamps and went to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish, and five were wise. For when the foolish took their lamps, they took no oil with them. But the wise took flasks of oil with their lamps. As the bridegroom was delayed, they all became drowsy and slept. And so I'm going to just pause there for a minute. I want you to get a full picture of what is happening. There's this story being told of these 10 virgins that were to prepare for the bridegroom to come in. In that day and age, a wedding would be a a huge celebration. In fact, it was more than just an an event that would occur over a day. It, It was actually something that would occur for many days, sometimes as much as a week to two weeks of celebration and feasting. And so the community would prepare for that. And in fact, the people that were responsible for receiving the bride and the bridegroom would actually have a responsibility because they didn't have electricity. And and so part of the responsibility would be to actually get oil for lamps and to practically speaking, have their torches ready, their lamps ready in the evening to actually guide the bride and bridegroom in to the the feast, to the celebration. This had a very practical application of being prepared, of actually being prepared for what's happening. Now, I've been married as of 2001. This is our 20th year of marriage. Uh, Yes, God is good and uh, I married way up, and uh, she, uh, Cindy, is amazing and uh, is incredibly beautiful. And I want to just show you a couple pictures uh, from that great day in our life, okay? So here's the first. This is me. Uh, yes, uh, that is Brian. That, that, uh, we were joking around about flat Brian and, and, you know, on social media. This is skinny Brian. Okay, and uh, this is me almost, you know, 20 years ago, and I'm getting ready with my nephew, and you can imagine, we're preparing, we're getting ready. Uh, Here's another picture. This is actually Cindy and her uh, twin uh, that actually uh, is, is pregnant there in the photo, and, and they're excited and, and, and preparing for this amazing moment and the wedding, right? Here's the next picture, one of my favorites. This is us after the ceremony exiting the wedding, and you can just see the joy and the excitement, and we're getting ready to go to the reception, right? Here's a picture as we walk in to that reception hall. Now, I, I want you to just sit in this for, with me for a minute. You could see the joy. You could see the excitement. Can you imagine what it would have been like for us if we looked up and nothing was prepared? That if we looked up at our, at our hall for the reception and there was no food ready, there was nobody there, nobody was prepared or ready for this amazing moment to receive us. It would have been very, very hard and very disappointing. And this is what Jesus is saying to to his people. 
is, listen, in the same way, I'm coming back. I'm going to be returning. And do you know me? And are you prepared to usher me in? Let me read on in these next few verses. It says this in verse 6. But at midnight, there was a cry. Here is the bridegroom. Come out to meet him. Then all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said to the wise, give us some of your oil for our lamps are going out. But the wise answered saying, since there will not be enough for us and for you, go rather to the dealers and buy for yourselves. Anybody else like to do stuff at the last minute? (laughs) And while they were going to buy, the bridegroom came and those who were ready went in with him to the marriage feast and the door was shut. Afterward, the other virgins came also saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered, truly, I say to you, I do not know you. Watch therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour. As we look at this, love 100, the first point I want to make today is winning at waiting. It's actually winning at waiting and understanding that there's a waiting we're in. Not just because of the things going on in our world or our country, but but there's actually this period of waiting that the bride of Christ is in, that we wait eagerly and anticipate the return of Jesus. And and I got to be honest with you, I am such an in-the-moment person that often I don't anticipate or think about his return enough. But when I do, and when I have moments like this that I begin to think about that, it gives me joy. It gives me an excitement. It also gives me a sense of, am I prepared? Am I doing the things necessary to help usher in the bridegroom for his church? You see, for them, the presence of God is often symbolized by oil in Scripture. And so to have their their lamps ready meant that actually they knew Jesus and they were actually being filled up in a way that would almost be a light for others. Can you see the correlation? Because Jesus says that we are his light. That in fact, we have a role to play. And so part of winning at waiting is making sure that we're growing with Jesus, that we really know him and that we're filled with him. You see, just like these lamps needed to be filled with oil, throughout the New Testament, we see moments that are talking to you and I as his people, that if we really know Jesus, we're to be filled with the Spirit. Filled with the Spirit because the Spirit, the Holy Spirit is the most invaluable resource we could ever have. The Spirit of the living God inside of us And so when you think about that, I want to ask that question. Are you you winning at waiting? How is God helping you prepare? And do you really know him? And as we walk through this series, that question of do you know Jesus is one that we hope leads you to say, you know what, I need that relationship with Jesus. Or maybe for you, it's not that you need that that first-time invitation and relationship to Jesus. It may be that Jesus is saying, listen, you know about me, I want you to go deeper. I want you to go deeper and to be filled with me. And we've been talking in this series about our discipleship pathway, that that we want to be a people that are connecting with God and with others. This is what we're doing right now. 
that during the week we're also growing with God and with others in discipleship relationships. This would be like through Rooted and through our classes, our life groups. And that we're also serving with God and with others at Pathway and Beyond. And here's the thing. If we're doing that, if we're growing and preparing, guess what the natural result of this is? It's multiplication. That the natural result of growing with and following Jesus is multiplication. And I don't know about you, but that gets me excited. Let me, let me show you what Jesus says next, because it has to do with this issue of multiplication. That loving 100 means that we're not just winning at waiting, but we're multiplying what matters most. And this is where some personal responsibility and some stewardship begins to emerge. Y'all ready? All right, let's keep moving and let's see what he says next in uh, verse 25. I'm sorry, chapter 25, verse 14. He says this, for it will be like a man going on a journey. So he now starts a new parable, a new story. He says, it will be like a man going on a journey who has called his servants and entrusted them to his, or entrusted them his property. To one, he gave five talents, say five. Another two, say two. To another one, say one. Let me point this out. The issue isn't how much they have. The issue isn't how much you have. As you're gonna see in this story, God is the one that gives each of us a different and varying amount. And the talent represents not your physical talent necessarily, but any resources that the Lord has given you. And it doesn't matter, in, in, in an age of comparison, in an age of looking at others on social media and in person, this is incredibly freeing. Because it isn't necessarily that you need what someone else has. It, the question you're going to hear and see here is, are you multiplying what matters most? Are you using what God has given you to his glory? Let me read on. Verse 17, I'm sorry, verse 16. He would receive the five talents, went at once, and traded with them. And he made five talents more. So also he who had the two talents made two talents more. But he who had received the one talent went and dug in the ground and hid his master's money. Now after a long time, the master of those servants came and settled accounts with them. And he who had received the five talents came forward, bringing five talents more, saying, Master, you delivered to me five talents. Here I have made five talents more. His master said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. I want to just pause here because this is a long story that Jesus is sharing. And I want you to hear a couple of things that are going on. One of them is this issue of a talent. It was a physical currency of that day and age. It actually would have represented a day's wage for a labor. And a denarii was a day's wage and a talent was six to 10,000 denarii, meaning he's saying that this talent would represent about 20 years from what I can tell of wages, okay? So this is a significant amount of money and it would represent in many ways for them their life's work. And, and for some, he's saying, I gave you one. For some, I gave you two. For some, I gave you five. 
And the question that is being asked is, what have you done with what I've given you? Have you multiplied what matters most? And, and this gets really practical and personal, right? It, it has to do with what have we done with our time, with our talent, and even with our treasure. Some of you just felt your wallet and your bank account go like this. Whoop! He's not going to go there, is he? Yes, I will. I will. Because Jesus is going there with us. He's wanting us to understand that there is this thing called stewardship. This thing called stewardship that actually has to do with how we use the resources he's given us. And that when we're actually loving 100, we are taking what matters most and we're multiplying it with God's help. And this is, for me, one of those passages where I I just go, God, I don't know if I have one talent. I don't know if I have two. I don't want to put my head in the sand. I I don't want to hide it and, and, and hide it out of fear of him or fear of others. I want to boldly walk by faith and and use whatever measure he's given me to multiply it for his glory. Remember I said earlier in our service that that I'm the guy that tomorrow celebrates four months here? Okay? You better believe that part of my journey in answering the call here was digging into this very text and going, God, I don't know what you've given me. But it feels like you're saying it's time to multiply it. And you better believe that just like you're feeling in moments, I wanted to hide my head in the sand. That there was this part of my flesh that was saying, I would rather not know about this Pathway Church in this place called Vero Beach right now. Because my flesh last summer was afraid, not sure, unclear. And then as you begin to walk it out, you begin to see God move. You begin to hear him say, well done. Enter into my joy. I have more. I I have more I want to do through your life. And I'm here today to encourage each and every one of you that the issue isn't how much you have. Some of you have more time than others. Some of you have more talent than others. Sorry, I'm not the participation ribbon guy. Okay? God has given us varying degrees of talent. He's given us in the body of Christ different gifts of the Spirit. You can read 1 Corinthians 12, Romans 12, Ephesians 4. And the question is, when we come together, are we boldly following him and loving him 100 with what he's given us. Because I want all of us to be able to hear from the Lord one day, well done, good and faithful servant. Amen? So let's read on and see what he says. Because he goes on from the man with five, and in verse 21, he says, His master said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little, I will give you or I will set you over much. So this is also a principle that when we're faithful with a little, God gives us more. Enter into the joy of my master. Verse 22. And he also, who had the two talents, came forward saying, Master, you delivered to me two talents. Here I have made two talents more. 
His master said, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. Aren't you so glad that whether it was two or five, he said the same exact thing to him? So encouraging that again, it's not comparing to others. It's what are you doing with what you have, what he's given you. Verse 24, he who had received the one talent came forth, saying, Master, I knew you had to be a hard man, reaping where you did not sow and gathering where you scattered no seed. So I was afraid. I went and hid your talent in the ground. Here you have what is yours. But his master answered him, you wicked and slothful servant. Whoa, Jesus. What are you doing? What are you saying? He says, you wicked and slothful servant, you knew that I reap where I have not sown and gather where I scattered no seed. Then you ought to have invested my money with the bankers and at my coming, I should have received what was was my own with interest. So take the talent from him and give it to him who has the 10 talents. For everyone who has will be given more and he he will have an abundance. From the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away and cast the worthless servant into the outer darkness in that place where there'll be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Whew, Jesus, you've got something to say to us today. You know, as you think about this, for him to hide, the language there was actually indicated uh, this level of fear of his master that would be similar to somebody who was afraid of like a a warlord in that day and age or a horrible boss. Like literally saying, I don't know if you're a good father. I don't know if I can trust you. I'm going to hide this in fear. When Jesus says, well, or the master in the story says you could have invested this, in that day and age, that would have represented in the average bank about 12%. A 12% return. That's a pretty good return even today. This would have been normal in that day and age. He's saying at the very minimum, you could have done that, but you didn't even bother to multiply or to do that. As you think about this idea of what does it mean for us to multiply what matters most, it is about stewardship. Holman Bible Dictionary says this uh, in regards to what is stewardship. It's the responsibility to manage all the resources of life for the glory of God, acknowledging God as provider. So how do we do this? As I mentioned earlier, we check our time, our talent, our treasure. We we take an inventory and reflect and we say, God, am I multiplying what you've given me? Or am I hiding or hoarding or holding on to things that, that you're saying I want you to make a difference for my glory? Stewardship is the act of recognizing where it all comes from and moving it back towards God to give him his glory. It's interesting because as we think about that, the head and the heart that knows God and is really growing with God is going to automatically lead to what we do with our hands, how we make a difference in the world. We've been talking a little bit about serving, and and I just want to plug this for you again for those of you that actually still have your man card or you have your talent that is related to trades and, and labor and skills. Some of you are like, what is he talking about? I'm a, I can move things. I'm not real skilled, okay? 
next Saturday at nine o'clock, guess what? We are looking for not just labor, but skill that can help with our work day. We have a work day. Did you know that? Okay, and some of you are incredibly gifted with your hands and you're incredibly talented in ways that for those couple of hours, Saturday morning, it will make a tremendous difference. And guess what? If you think that you can't make it next Saturday, we have a couple others planned this year. We'll give you the dates. We'll sign you up for the next one, all right? Because there are things in the body of Christ that some of us are better than others at, okay? And and in that, we want to use what God has given us and be good stewards. As we look at this, it all really boils down to this reality that a heart regenerated by the love of God, by the love of Jesus, really wants to see others experience that same love. That if you've been touched by Jesus and his love and you know that love, You can't help but want to see that love touch others. God's love is unconditional. It's infinite. And when we begin to receive that, it just fills us up and begins spilling out on others. And this is the other aspect of Love 100, is that we begin to to have compassion in action. And this is the last part of the message. Aren't you so excited? Verse 31, when the Son of Man comes in the glory and all of the angels with him, then he will sit on his glorious throne. Before him will be gathered all the nations and he will separate people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will place the sheep on his right, but the goats on the left. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you are blessed by my Father. Inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry. Now notice, this is what is distinct between the one group and the other that Jesus is calling out here. It's how they've put love and compassion into action. He says, for I was hungry and you gave me food. I was thirsty and you gave me drink. I was a stranger and you welcomed me. I was naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison and you came to me. Then the righteous will answer him saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you drink? And when did we see you a stranger and welcome you or naked and clothe you? And when did we see you sick or in prison and visit you? And the king will answer them. Truly, I say to you, As you did it to one of the least of these brothers, you did it to me. The least of these brothers, he says. What is he getting at here? He names what the least of these are in this passage as the hungry, the thirsty, the stranger, the naked, the sick, and the imprisoned. These are those that may be in our pathway. That Jesus is saying, listen, as you are filled with me, as you love me, I want you to be a people that takes what I've given you and multiplies what matters most and then puts my love, my compassion into action. That we would be a people that literally when we come across those that are the least, not necessarily in how God views them, but in what they're experiencing here in our world, 
that we would be present with our gifts and our talents and God's love to really pour in and shower on them. Can I get an amen, church? George Barna does a lot of research around churches and in America. And here's something that he said about the church and what they're finding in America right now. He says this, that the stumbling block for the church is not its theology, but its failure to apply what it believes in a compelling way. Christians have been their own worst enemies when it comes to showing the world what authentic biblical Christianity looks like. Can I get a gulp? In so many ways, when we look at a passage like this and we think about what does it mean for us to love 100, it calls us to live out our faith. And here's where I want to tell you, it's, it's more than a gulp, it's a, an adventure. It's an adventure that says God has more that he wants to do in us and through us. And when our faith becomes alive, we begin to look at the world around us differently. We look at it through Jesus' eyes, and we see not obstacles, but opportunities. We see not necessarily the problems of people, but what God's presence could do in those people's lives. That we begin to see what Jesus' love through us could do. And so to get practical again, last week, I issued a challenge for us to love our neighbor. Around you right now on your seats are cards. If you weren't here, this is what the card looks like. If you're online with us right now, our host will drop it for you. You can download this on our website, pathwayvb.com neighbor, and it'll be there for you. On the front of the card, the question is, how are you going to show love and action to those around you? And we were asking the question, do you even know your neighbors? Do you know their names? Like how easy is that to just literally look at the eight houses around yours or the eight apartments around yours or the eight condos around yours? Notice I'm not letting anybody off the hook, okay? If you live in Vero Mainland, if you live in Vero Island, if you live in Gifford or Felsmer or Fort Pierce or you name the community around here. Wherever your pathway is in your neighborhood, what does it look like for you to be able to fill out those names? And then as you flip over the card, to begin loving and serving your neighbors. That's compassion in action. I'm so excited that today, as we roll out Love 100, these are available. You see, God has moved in such a cool way over the last six weeks or so that we actually have a team that has prepared Love 100 kits that are sitting in the cafe, are available if you're watching online for you to come get during the week from our office, but right here, right now, you're like, well, what would I do once I know their name? You serve them. What might you do to serve them? You pick up a kit. And you go to your neighbor. Inside of here, there's a small Bible promise book. There's an invitation to Easter. There's candy. There's Chick-fil-A gift cards. Okay? And we left them open. So if you wanted to add a personal note or you wanted to add something else into it, 
you could do that to love and bless your neighbors and to love them 100. Now for you, this may go beyond your neighborhood. My prayer, my hope is that we get so excited about local outreach that we run out of these and, and have to make more because you're going out into the community. As Jesus said in the gospels, into the highways and the byways. And you're just reaching out to anybody he's placing in your pathway and saying, God loves you and so do we. Now, to be clear, if they already have a church, bless them in being in that church. His kingdom is bigger than pathway. We are not here to recruit people out of other churches, okay? I don't think that was strong enough. Okay? Okay? There are plenty of people in Vero and in this area to reach that don't know Jesus and don't have churches. And this is why we want to multiply and show compassion in action. So these Love 100 kits are available for you. You tell us how many you need, and when we run out, we'll make more. But you're going to be hearing about this over the next few weeks. I'm so excited to see what God does with it, how we will multiply what he's given us. Amen? So three questions to close, next step questions. First is, do you know Jesus and his love? You know, if you don't know Jesus' love, it's going to be hard to hear this message and to, to want to run out and do it. What I want to encourage you to do, if you're in that place where God is, is moving in your heart to open your heart to more of his love, we want to encourage you to respond in that way. To say, I've never known Jesus like that, or I need to receive Jesus as my Lord and Savior. Start there and let his love meet you. Second question is, how are the resources that God has given you? Your time, your talent, your tre treasure. How is it multiplying his love? That, that literally, according to what we just read, and I could show you throughout the rest of scripture, there, there's this opportunity. It's not just a responsibility to be a good steward. It's an opportunity. It's an adventure, y'all. Y'all. Wow. I am in the South and it is affecting me, right? That's great. But it is, it's an adventure and an opportunity to multiply his love. The third one is who will you share his love 100 with this week? There may be somebody that already God has put on your mind. Or maybe it's a place. Maybe as we read about those in prison, those that are homeless, you began thinking about some of the ministries in our area that we even as a church partner with. And maybe God's touching your heart to go be a part of those and to show his love. Whatever that is, let's go. Let's see what God does and give him all the glory. Amen. Let me pray for us, and then we're going to respond through worship. Jesus, we love you. We praise you. We thank you that you love us a hundred. And as you pour that into us, you give us this incredible opportunity to multiply, to share your love with others. Father, we have neighbors all around us. We have those that may be considered the least, that are hurting, that are on the margins. And I pray, Father, that we would be a people that would rise up with your love and would share it with all those around us. Father, I pray for your love to permeate Pathway Church, whether we're online or in person, that we would be saturated in it so much that we couldn't help but share it. Father, thank you for what's ahead. 
We are so excited about your hand and your call. This is pathway because this is who you are. We thank you in Jesus' name, amen, amen. Let's stand and worship him. The altars are open. If you need prayer, if you'd like prayer, you just wanna come be in his presence and get out of your seat. You can do that. Let's worship him together now. really respond, church. Walking around these walls I thought by now they'd fall But you have never failed change to come knowing the battles won for you have never failed me your promise still stands great is your
in the air. The Lord hasn't failed you yet. Can you give him praise in this moment? Give him praise, church. Thank you, Lord. Sing that one more time. Your promise still stands. Your promise still stands. never failed us yet. He is so good. And he's not going to fail you as you follow him. As you take this idea of love 100 and you go out, he is not going to fail you. In fact, he's going to be with you and show up in ways that are going to surprise you, that are going to grow you in your faith, and that we're going to get to celebrate here at the church and give him glory. Amen? You ever feel like, man, God's lighting the fire? Like, I hope you're fired up because I'm feeling God in a way that I believe for all of us is going to fire us up in our faith. There's a world that desperately needs him. And we get to go out there in a minute and share him and his love. Amen. If you're a visitor, we're so glad you're here. If you still need prayer for anything, whether you're a visitor or somebody else, we'll be available up here. Our altar team will stay up and available. Uh, if you are a visitor uh, out through these doors we, at our Welcome Center, we have a gift for you. We'd love to welcome you. For all of us, take the card, take the challenge, and then in the cafe, pick up those kits and let's love Vero and Beyond 100. Amen. Jesus, we love you. We praise you. Thank you so much for what you're doing in our midst. You are faithful. You are good. And we are excited to follow you into a new season together. God, as we do this and as we love 100, I pray for stories of life change and transformation. That Jesus, you would get all the glory as you work in and through us. And that your love would multiply in and through Pathway. God, we lift up to you also our offerings as, as we steward what you've given us. We pray, Lord, that you would be faithful and present in those and that we would experience your abundance as we trust you with our giving as an act of worship. We thank you in Jesus' name. Everyone said? Amen. Amen. Have a great week. Go now and be the church.